swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads with bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's horse. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest with toe and earl rock shoes to ever clue easter eggs and gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control issues Control Issues! Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is a dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. That dash is a hyphen. I don't know why you guys keep misapplying that, but get, <laughs> get it together. <laughs> uh, you can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, search for Control Issues no dash on that one so you know use your discretion also twitch.tv slash control issues pod that's where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure and my control issues is the handle on twitter so now, it's still available is <laughs> <Wasp> <laughs> <laughs> oh, space daddy just <laughs> just spent spent 40 billion dollars of other people's money to Destroy an asset. <laughs> oh man, just just send that thing crumbling to the earth. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. I think it's I'm like, like talking to a parody account right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's it's it, nuts. It's yeah, it's it's, it's happening fast, though. It's happening fast. <laughs> went from went from blue check marks to this thing might not be around. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're gonna have the blue, and then we're gonna have the gray, and that's free. <laughs> so it's like just keep the blue and don't do anything. What the hell is your problem? Oh no, my god! Whatever that yeah. rich rich people problems. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, um, a dub. Oh yeah. So uh, how have I been? My my week's been good. A dub. Just had uh, pre Thanksgiving Thanksgiving, which is the the thanksgiving with the in-laws and then on the uh thanksgiving day we do it with my family so went to marissa's fam we had some turkey got some got some mashed potatoes some cream corn they do cream corn over there which is, okay which is, which is really good and then uh, that's tasty yeah they, they 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 didn't get the cranberry sauce right this year I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the canned cranberry and they got the canned but this one was different it was like trying to do the can thing but also trying to do the the actual cranberry thing oh. and it just it just didn't it didn't turn out that well <laughs> so yeah that, uh, that's but, a no from you dog yeah that was a no for me but everything else is good the gravy was fire uh turkey was great um and we watched uh college football which i don't really care about but it was on tv so i did that um, and you know stuff about stuff yeah exactly um so yeah how, how how's your week Adeb? How, how how you been living uh just working you know getting getting good reviews at the job so i guess i'm earning my keep there so that's positive and just working out staying in shape you know trying to trying to update my look a little bit and got a my my beard trimmer died on me you know it's a little cheap thing but 
that gave me permission to go ahead and get a higher quality one with more attachments. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so you boy, just just a little bit cleaner. Just always adding just a little bit of improvement along the way. And that's how you do it. That's the secret to being an adult is to be a better person than yes. you were the day before. And not even an adult, just a person in general. You, you kids could learn from this too. Just try to be better than you were the day before. And you'll be fine. Yes, sir. Well, yeah. speaking of getting better than the day you were before, um, what games you've been playing to get better at, Adev? Well, I've just I've been dabbling in cyberpunk. Like I said, I I cleared out the lowest tier of content. Now I'm getting into more of the side missions and some of the additional gigs that they added with the 1.6 update. So you know, I'm hunting down cyber psychos and getting those stories. And it's I mean, I'm getting into some situations, man. I'm jumping on top of buildings, rolling up on dudes freezing people in place, cutting them down. I'm starting to invest my my perk points into the blades category. So my swings are getting faster. I'm using less stamina so I can just run around. I'm, I'm, just, I'm getting nasty with it. I'm running around. I'm sliding and transitioning into a slice when I get to somebody. I'm disappearing in plain sight, cutting dudes' arms off. <laughs> it's all kind of jump, jumping from skipping crates and taking people down. It's, man... If I wanted to, I could just totally turn my character into Genji. <laughs> and it, it wouldn't be an issue. It'd be a great way to play the game. So I'm, I'm enjoying that. Uh, like, I just, I did a side mission that seemed like it had no end. I went from, and this is something that ties into other side missions that I had before, because I met this character. He's looking for this missing kid. And trying to like root out corruption in Night City PD. So I'm helping them get information, infiltrate, you know, just rogue copping the whole thing. You know, I was like, ah, there's something wrong. They they kicked me off the force. <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta finish. <laughs> I gotta finish the job. So helping them do that. I ended up in a mission where I was looking for his missing nephew who basically got abducted by like just not really like a cult leader, but this guy who who has this facade of, you know, trying to help young men who are, you know, in peril or, you know, just want to lead a more significant life. And he takes them in and he's so it's on a farm. The guy grew up with his dad, like maintaining cows. His dad was abusive. So he has these machines and instead, he hooks the boys up to him and he just pumps their bodies full of chemicals to see how they respond. And eventually, you know, the, the guys die. So we mm -hmm. end up getting there. He's got landmines everywhere, turrets. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's real high security. So I'm just using my abilities, disabling the turrets. I mean, disabling the turrets and turning them against each other from a distance disarming the mines from a distance, you know, shutting everything down, getting in, unhooking people from the machines. It's saving, saving motherfuckers. This is good shit. It was yeah. just a really well done side mission. So that's the kind of stuff that I'm starting to do now as I build my way up to doing the main missions. I have max street cred. I think I'm level like 43 or 44 and I forget what the cap is, but I still, even if it's 50, I still have some room to get some additional perk points and yeah, man, just enjoying moving through that city, trying out, buying and trying out the different vehicles. I told you I got, um, I bought all the apartments and got that loft apartment with the just, just 
panoramic windows and looking out at the city. It's just amazing. Really getting into the role, really immersing myself in Night City. I've been doing uh, a lot more first-person driving so I can appreciate the interiors of the different vehicles and oh, see nice. how they see how they function. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I don't know. I know why people give the game a bad rap, but that's so far behind us now. And it was always a solid game at its core if you just appreciated what it was doing well instead of mm-hmm. bitching about everything that it either wasn't doing or didn't do well. So, yeah, man. Cyberpunk's great. Also, doing the damn thing in that Overwatch 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, I mean, you already know because you're there. And I appreciate that because that takes my experience to an entirely new level. And speaking of, uh, I've been working in Orissa and really trying to figure out how to make her work. And in trying to make her work, I learned a bit about my overall style, which was I've, I've been playing the game a bit timid to get into the mix and be aggressive because I'm more focused on trying to stay alive than trying to dominate the opposition and obtain these wins. So uh, we had a night where we played together and I, I had been out, I've been drinking. So I had a bit of a buzz. Whenever I have AMC time, I try to get as much of that as I can. So got on there, buzz and was just going absolutely nuts with Diva. It was crazy. I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I think I see like with this, with all this firepower in this hit point pool playing as a tank, if you're just more play smart, but be more aggressive, be more up in the mix, you'll do a ton of damage, especially if you focus on the support characters as well as the, the squishy attackers. I used to focus a lot on trying to take the other tanks down, which yeah, it's useful in the long run because you take out, their big guy it usually has a shield or usually has a lot of firepower but at the same token i'm getting cut down by the rest of the team and i'm just leaving so many guns on the field so i switched to all right let me focus on let me start prioritizing targets and taking out the smaller ones because it takes less time and less firepower to do that i can take out multiple small guys in the same time it would take me to take down a tank so been doing that and it's a successful formula. I just immediately pepper everybody, keep moving in, wait for wait for some little small squishy to get out of position and then just drill in on them, take them down. And then that just throws the team in disarray. And I just keep focusing on other ones. Next thing you know, my team is taking advantage of that chaos and everybody just falls apart. It's great. So, I mean, it, for the first time, uh, we played competitive, and I got over 45 kills. I think we both got 45 kills apiece. That made Diva combo was absolutely insane. <laughs> you freezing them, and I'm just... Diva Diva in the grill is pretty devastating from an attack perspective, because you, you kind of forget, like, because when Diva's at a distance, you're kind of like, oh, okay, like, these are peppering me, but it's not taking me down. Yeah, that right shit when, damage. Yeah, but then right when Diva gets in your face, that thing just starts melting your skin, especially as like a as like a support character. Like it's just a nightmare. And that's like that's what Diva's all about. That that fly in, that bump, and then that and then that fly out. Yes. But yeah, and like also like learning just to be more aggressive overall. I 
I've learned what should have been learned back in the Overwatch one days. It's like all the characters are different. So you can't play them all the same way or with the same approach. There's a specific rhythm and just style of play that you have to uncover with each character to learn how to use them most effectively. Uh, like with Orissa, it's, you know, mid to close range, but as soon as I get in battle and start taking damage, fortify, protect my hit point pool and pepper them, pepper them, throw a javelin at somebody. You, you hit them with that, try to, you know, mitigate some damage, twirl the spear, protect your homies, but use that to move in do some some melee damage especially on a genji who's going to be reflecting your your rapid fire shots anyway one genji reflected my javelin back at me it's <laughs> like and it, it, same effect it hit me up knocked back damage got stunned i was like god damn yeah that javelin <laughs> fucks me up <laughs> when i'm uh trying to get away from arissa and it just just fucking javelin to the chest. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting better at leading my targets, and I'm getting more accurate with that javelin. There was even one time we were um we were playing with the uh, what is that the robot mission, right? the tug of war kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was moving in to like keep pushing it toward the final point. I think two characters came out, and like one was a May in the back, and I'm moving back and forth side to side behind the robot. <laughs> I throw the javelin, catches me in the shoulder, like spins her around. It was great. <laughs> it's like that was the best javelin throw I ever did. But yeah, man, like, really, Orissa is starting to make sense. I'm starting to get my typical like 20 kills a game. And at one point, I was holding off an entire team single handedly while my people got back in the mix. Yeah, it's it's making sense. I'm feeling confident with it. It's nice to have multiple characters in the same class that I can default to. And now I'm starting to put some thought toward the next tank that I wanna that I wanna learn, whether that's Doomfist, Doomfist or like Winston. Cause I'm seeing that Winston game get crazy and I think I need to have that in my tool set just in case, you know, we're escorting the payload or something, you need to drop some shields on it. <laughs> and make it a bit more easier to push across the finish line. But yeah, man, I'm having having a good time playing playing games that I've had for years, playing games that just came out, can't be any better. But AMC, what are you playing? Uh, just a second, let me pause this. And, and we are back. Yes, uh, so what have I been playing? AMC has been playing one and only game, Adel, the one that we that we were just discussing, that being Overwatch 2. So yeah, you had already mentioned our, our adventures together, our misadventures together, jumping in completely dominating the the quick play matches and then just all right you know let's, let's do our usual we're gonna now jump over to competitive see what happens we lose our first competitive match um the usual i'm playing a support i believe that they put you as damage maybe tank i think it was damn would you play da uh damage in that first match do you remember i don't even remember yeah and then second match you go tank i go Ugh. i go damage and then I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it and there's a couple there. I'm like, ah, oh, Reaper, yada, yada. I haven't played, I haven't played damage basically since Overwatch 1. So mm -hmm. I'm just looking at the characters, trying to just decide who I want to go with for this competitive match. And I was just like, I got to go with May. So May is like the, when I look at my career profile stats, May is my most used character of all time, even though I haven't played with her in Overwatch 2 yet. And so 
there is like a thing is like uh, i kind of just know this character even though i haven't touched may um as you had mentioned in one of the previous episodes may was you know on the sideline they were they were were retooling her thinking about her thinking what they could do and then they they gave may the hot tag back into the match and yeah so i see may there she's available i I bring out may and yeah it's just uh, it's like riding a bike a dub just get out there get up close start freezing them they um what i love with may like people had mentioned like i had mentioned to other people like who i like to play with uh, in overwatch one and the may was the character i'd always bring up and i remember one person saying like uh may is like such a troll and that's exactly how may is like i love mm-hmm. putting up that ice wall behind the enemies so that like mm. as, as they're trying to back away like from everybody else unloading on them then they realize that their path is cut off to escape and then uh that's usually when they they get into danger so doing that, obviously sneaking up on folks, like trying to get into the back lines and a May on a support character is just an absolute nightmare, especially like like a Mercy who's going to try to fly away. If you could freeze Mercy in her tracks and then just put that ice pick like right into the brain, it's like it's immediately yeah. running dead. Um, and then just that that ultimate is just so devastating throwing down the uh the, the ice circle and then freezing everybody and, and just letting everybody you know have their pickings like a bunch of vultures is great outlaws right on yeah so that was fun bringing out may and then um yeah and then last night putting a little work on uh, sunday uh that was a, a more solo adventure and as you said you worked with arissa i worked with baptiste I'd, I'd started off the night with lucio and mercy wanting to you know just do the damn thing with them and you know i'm playing with them i've, I've done a lot of matches so i'm kind of like yeah i'm gonna take a break maybe i'll play some astro chain and finally jump back into that game mm-hmm. and as i'm taking that smoke break reflecting on my play session i really just think about baptiste like his name just pops in my head i'm like you know i haven't played with baptiste in a minute uh let me let me hop in there and as you were saying like in a pre-show like kind of like like just leveling up as far as like just overall skill getting better not even like just getting better with the character just you know just your feel for the game just you know hitting a new hitting a new plateau um and that's what I felt with Baptiste. Like I go in, I played with Baptiste in the past and just didn't really connect. I, I felt the firepower, but everything else wasn't really there. And with a support character, it's all about your ability to survive. Like that's that's more important than anything. And I didn't get that with Baptiste. I know Baptiste has the jump, but I wasn't really utilizing it properly and you got to crouch and all that stuff. So uh, when I went in with this session, I changed it up because I played against a couple of Baptiste and they've really been using that invulnerability field. Um, and realizing like the effectiveness of that i was like you know i'm gonna try to like really get that down properly because i've been using it as to protect my teammates and one thing you learn about overwatch is you you do need to help out the homies but a lot of times keeping yourself alive is the best way to protect the homies like Mm -hmm. the best the best ability the best uh, ability is availability and so yeah um in that case so i started using the invulnerability whatever it is that that protection field on myself um as the enemies right when i would get hit with anything i just drop that on the ground so that i can then get a moment to see where the enemy's at then once i figure that out it's like all in a matter of like seconds then i'm already starting to crouch as i'm shooting them because once i drop that thing two things happen they either start shooting the protective field or they start running because i because they realize like baptiste has a strong fire has strong firepower 
And uh, so if I get them while they're trying to take out the protection field, then I'm going to drop them. Uh, so they have to really make a choice. And so, yeah, that immediately scares them, I noticed. And then so during that, I'm crouching and then I can jump out of the field if they are already taken off. If not, then I'll just start shooting at them as they're running away, heal myself. And then and then I'll usually jump out of there to like, you know, just regather, get my bearings and all that stuff. So, yeah, once I got that gameplay cycle and just realizing that all the skill sets for the most part with the characters when done right all work in unison and there's kind of a cycle to how you use those skill sets like with may it's the ice wall they get through the ice wall they come at me i'm freezing them they get through that then it's i'm I'm going into my own ice thing and then i'm rehealing and they have to they have to think about it while i'm healing are you just gonna wait there and then try to take me out when i come out of it and odds are one of the homies is gonna probably show up so they can't really just stand there and wait for me to get out of the ice the ice side chamber is what we'll call it for right now um so yeah like just buying yourself some time and forcing the opponents to think usually works out in your favor because they don't want to just stand there and just wait for you to get out of your like protective situation and so that usually um puts you in at an advantage and so once i figured that out um i got really good baptiste i got my survival down once i got that down then i was starting to get the kills and everything just worked together to the point where now I'm strongly considering Baptiste as one of like my primary um, support characters. And so, yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. The game's just finding a way to continue to evolve. Overwatch 2, you did, you, you, you're doing right. Blizzard, you did this game right. And uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to play some more because I'll probably try to find some time tonight, if not tomorrow, to jump back in. But A-Dub, we're, we're short on time because I have a hard out. I have to go have to go to my mom so we got about an hour left so let's get into these topics of the week Our topics of the week we actually got some topics this week a-dub so what would you like to lead off with i'll lead off on a positive note we got an announcement from cd project red a little update on an oldie but a goodie mm-hmm. the witcher 3 wild hunt next gen update arrives next month in december specifically december 14th this is the update that's going to improve the witcher 3 experience for current gen consoles playstation 5 xbox series and pc Uh, let me see if we have any information the upgrade which is free to anyone who's bought the game previously includes dozens of visual performance and technical enhancements over the original cd project red said in a press release these include ray tracing support faster loading times on consoles, as well as a variety of mods integrated into the experience, among many others. Uh, More details on these integrated mods and other features will be shared during a Twitch live stream sometime next week. But CD Projekt Red has otherwise confirmed the next-gen version to include all previously released DLC alongside new content based on the Witcher Netflix series. AMC, is this the time for us to jump back in, try to finish off this adventure with Geralt of Rivia. I think it might be time. I mean, yeah, but I, 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 I'm when you mentioned it, I had already started to get pretty like pumped for The Witcher Three, even though I had no intentions of jumping back into you know that franchise. But you know the the series has been really good on Netflix, and just you know the way like I feel like this coming in December is a sign of you know CD Projekt Red turning the corner. Um, so we know that this was delayed after you know the debacle that was the launch of cyberpunk 20 
what the 9977 what are we calling it 77 20, <laughs> 77 99 yeah 77 uh with the you know with the launch of that game and then being like hey we got to focus on getting this game right before we consider anything else and you know the the narrative has turned i know you said there's some people still just holding like just not holding out but holding on to that hate and they will never forgive cd project red but then there's a lot of people who have you know you know changed their changed their opinion as far as the ps5 version with the patches and everything um saying it's it's you can you can you can now come outside and play the water is warm you can play cyberpunk again and have a have a good experience and so yeah with that narrative now turning towards the positive i felt like this is now the opportune time to you know announce hey we got the witcher coming and people wouldn't say oh but what about the patches for cyberpunk um so yeah this is a sign of things turning out well for cd project red and yeah i'm i'm pretty excited because this is you know this is the greatest rpg that was ever made um and <laughs> I, I definitely have some excitement to jump back in there i heard i also heard that they're gonna put out I think like a complete edition of uh the witcher 3 with um with i believe like mods in there and everything so they're doing some fun things there on top of that whenever they release that so yeah things looking good for the witcher 3 a dub for that next gen experience that's what i'm talking about let's get into the next topic of the week top topic of the week. week let's see let's uh yeah let's keep it going positive we have october 2022's np day day Day. 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 Let's see. So we have the top 20 best selling games for the month of October in the US A dub. Mm-hmm. Number one on that list. To no surprise, we've been talking about it for the past couple of weeks with the sales and the 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 chart topping record selling first first weekend launch numbers of of this game and everything that has come as of late. Uh, but number one on the list, no surprise, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Fair, fair, two, fair. Two. Two. <laughs> <laughs> now this one, I'm not going to say a surprise, but somewhat surprised based on the critical reception and the called it DOA on arrival. Who wanted this? Nobody did. But apparently people did because it's number two for October A-Dub. That being... Gotham Knights. Knights, Knights, Knights. I thought you didn't want to get this game, Dub. I thought nobody wanted this. Let's see. Um, number three, FIFA 23. Number four, Madden NFL 23. Number five, we got a new game, a dub, but another sports game, NFL 23. Yes. No- number six, we got another new game, a dub, a game that actually rated pretty well. Mario plus Rabbids, Sparks of Hope. That's what I'm talking about. That sequel to Mario plus Rabbits. Number seven, Persona 5, I believe, because Royale is out. So maybe people are jumping in, replaying that Persona. They want a piece of that. That game is amazing. Number eight, NBA 2K23. Number nine, another new game, Bayonetta 333. Number 10. Despite the controversy. Yeah, I guess people went out and bought it. Number 10, Elden Ring. Number eight, still selling Mario Kart 8. Number 12, Splatoon 3, 13, Minecraft, 14, New Game, Star Ocean, The Divine Force, 15, Grounded, 16, New Game, oh, a new Dragon Ball game, that being Dragon Ball The Breakers. I believe this is the one where like you're just trying to hide <laughs> it's from sale. actually sale. selling. Yeah, <laughs> trying to hide from sale. And, and hide from Freezer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see, 17, another new game, PGA Tour 2K23, 18, Nintendo Switch Sports, 19, Near Automata. People still playing Near Automata. And 20, 
Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, we got a note here. Eight of the top 20 best-selling premium games for October 2022 were new releases. Uh, more more of that later. Let's see. October 2022. So we have the 10 best-selling games of the year so far. Number one, no surprise, A-Dub, Elden Ring. Number two, ring, and it's... Ring, ring. In its debut month, we'll see if Elden Ring can hold on, but number two being Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Mm -hmm. Debuting at number two, but Elden Ring has 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 a has a couple has a lot of months on it so it might hold out through the year finish number one let's see number three lego star wars the skywalker saga four madden nfl 23 five pokemon legends arceus six horizon 2 forbidden west seven mlb the show 22 8 fifa 23 9 call of duty vanguard and 10 gran turismo 7 and we'll have the top five of each individual console number. So the top five for Nintendo platforms. Number one, Mario plus Rabbit, Sparks of Hope. Two, Bayonetta 3. Three, Persona 5. Maybe that's why it's getting that bump. Four, Mario Kart 8. And five, Splatoon 3. On PlayStation's, PlayStation's top five. Number one, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Please give us Call of Duty. Please leave it on our console. Two, Gotham Knights 3, FIFA 23, 4, NFL 23, and 5, NHL 23. And then for Xbox, top 5 for the month. Number 1, Cotton Duty, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, exclusive incoming. 2, Gotham Knights 3, Madden NFL 23, 4, FIFA 23, and 5, NHL 23. And as far as the best-selling hardware, PlayStation 5 was the best-selling video game hardware of October in both the unit and dollar sales. Number second is Xbox Series, ranked two across both measures. So I guess the only thing I'd pose to you, A-Dub, is, yeah, that note that the, of the top 20 best-selling games of the month, eight of them were new games. I know this is there's been that narrative that nothing has been coming out, but, you know, October we got eight new games reviewing pretty well as far as uh, Mario Plus Rabbids, Call of Duty, I know, selling really well. Mm -hmm. um yeah this is uh speak on that and things to look forward to as far as like you know people said that there was a dry spell but it looks like we are now breaking that point one dude made a thread he was like this year has been flop after flop after flop <laughs> <laughs> started the year with the 10 out of 10 by the way with Elden ring but flop yeah. after flop after flop yeah <laughs> <laughs> Horizon, Horizon Forbidden West, wasn't that like a 9 out of 10 on IGN? It said it was a flop. <laughs> Gran Turismo, <laughs> 9 out of 10, I believe. <laughs> In fact, let me let me look up that thread because we just need to examine this. I mean, the only the only legit item that was on the list was Saints Row. Yeah, yeah. And like there was some news about that, how the you know, the performance of Saints Row resulted in uh, volition being rolled up in the gearbox. So now so now Gearbox is going to be in charge. It's going to be interesting. But, you know, they tried, and it didn't work out, and these are the things that happened. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Let's see. What did this dude say? First Saints Row, then Overwatch, now Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon didn't, wasn't even being reviewed at the time. <laughs> But I'll give you Saints Row, but Overwatch, get out of here. 35 yeah, million people are playing. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with gaming this year? While I enjoyed all three of these games, 
while I'm doing <laughs> Saints Row Lesser So big franchises have destroyed hype three times so far. Destroyed. I don't know about that. Destroyed hype. <laughs> Just because you guys default to negative doesn't mean that's how the tens of millions of people playing these games feel about them. <laughs> but that that's not in control of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so wow, big love. I know, I know, like you, you pointed out, you're looking forward to Callisto Protocol incoming. We got Midnight Suns same day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's um, yeah, the year is book ending on a strong note. We just had God of War, which neither one of us has played, but is reviewing incredibly well. Um, to say flop at the flop, I mean, you would have to have complete what tunnel vision focused on maybe like the middle of the year for like a few months. But if you were to look at that front half and that back half, yeah, that, that makes up there's, there's enough games in there to definitely make out a great game of the year quality list. So to say that, Oh, there's just a bunch of flops. Uh, I mean, we leave like Sifu off the list. There's so many good games that came out this year. Right, Dub? And even if three reasonable titles have been cited for that thread, Three fucking games in the year is not even over. Two great games are coming out next month. One great game just came out. Actually, two great games because Pentiment got a ten out of ten. Great for, uh, forgot about great that. for, great for Obsidian. They they needed that win. They deserve that win because they're just they're they're a hidden gem of the development community, and that's really good for them. Microsoft needed that. They got a. It's the first original title exclusive to their platform that's come out from these acquisitions as far as i can tell so mm-hmm. you know they they needed that it's a hopefully it's a sign or a precursor of things to come in 2023 when they really start unloading all the stuff that they've been working on so that's a major win but yeah you, you got those you had three great games in the beginning of the year with horizon elden ring and gran turismo so What's going on, man? We got way more good games than you could label as bad. And yeah, stretching, reaching, whatever. <laughs> All right, let's get into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. I'm going to give you some more CD Projekt news. Well, I would have if I just didn't close the tab. So <laughs> give me a second. Here we go. All right. Yes. CD Projekt Red. Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Phantom Liberty, it will be a paid expansion. And it should be. (laughs) (laughs) Because they did enough free work. Yeah, the game had a poor launch two years ago. But it's been out. It's got its next-gen update. It's got its tie-in content with Edge Runners. It's gotten quality of life improvements. It's gotten free additional content. They put the work in. Now it's time for you to put the money up if you enjoy this game. Whether you enjoyed it from day one or you're just enjoying it now that it's in a, it's in a better state, a better place, they deserve to get what they're owed for creating a big expansion that aims to further improve the main game as well as add to it. So let me see. The expansion... Won't wouldn't <laughs> CD Project Red's global PR director said that while they can't confirm a price, the expansion wouldn't be more free DLC akin to the Edge Runners update. Let's see. 
see if there was some info. There's no details, but we know that there's going to be additional missions. It's going to expand upon the story, which is with your homie Johnny Silverhand. So we're, yeah, look, you know, we're feeling good about Keanu coming back. Yeah, and Keanu ain't, ain't showing back up for free. Like that man needs a paycheck, and the idea of them paying him, but then not expecting some money in return. They, they ain't just throwing away money, a Yeah. <laughs> like, people will try to spin this as, oh, but they owe us. Like, they don't owe you shit. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's time to get back to normal and start appreciating the monumental amount of work that went into making this pretty strong title. It's a great game. I can't stop playing it. And every time I come back to it, it's like, why did I stop playing it? One of the most gorgeous and just highly detailed and nuanced open worlds I've ever experienced. I just wish it was something that I could interact with more instead of just existing within. However, we might be getting that. So looking forward to this expansion and hopefully it does the things that it's supposed to do. AMC, when are you going to start this game? <laughs> I mean, I got I got a lot on the table. Um, who knows? I, I do want to watch that anime before I start the game. So I think that's like, I want to I want to sync those two things up before I before I like really dive into this game. So yeah, the game has it. a little more significance once you meet the queen Rebecca. Mm, yeah, yeah, I'm interested to know what that means. So yeah, uh, sometime next year. Just don't know when, but it's it's there. A dub. I'm, I plan on jumping into that soon. And just it's this is a troll. This is a troll of the week. Yeah, <laughs> just some remarks, and just like that. All possible interest I may have had disappears. Oh well, <laughs> <laughs> because oh, well. you gotta pay for it. Yeah, you gotta support something. Uh, next troll. Next troll says back to greed. It appears the embarrassment is still there with that awful launch that crapped on eight million pre-sale purchasers, day one buyers. This company thinks that stinker is behind them, so now they can charge us for DLC that should be free. No dice. <laughs> So like when you show up to work and you do your job and you expect a paycheck, is that is that greed? <laughs> that or maybe or like you, you, you go service. to work, you go to work and you fuck up something, <laughs> and then you fix it. Like should you not be paid that week? <laughs> yeah. Do they get to not pay you forever? You got to get a new job. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, uh, you greedy coworker, you greedy worker. <laughs> you perform a service and you expect to get paid that greed. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm gonna reply to that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 let's get into the next, next topic, topic of the week. Topic of the week. Um, I could go two routes with this. Did you have the game awards set up, or I could, or I could pull that up. I or I have it up right now. If you want to do that, the game awards you... nominees. I got them. All right, let's let's do that. Uh, that's a that's a nice meaty one. So let's go into these game award nominees. A dope nominees, knees, 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 knees. <laughs> uh, how do you want to do it, AMC? Because you know it's a it's a truckload of categories. Yeah, um, I wrote down Even a couple more of, nominees. I wrote down yeah. a couple of categories that I'm interested in. So maybe we can trade off categories that we're interested in if you want to do it that way. Yeah, I think that'll be good. So yeah, you want to lead off with one or you want me to go first? Lead off with one. I'll lead off with best game direction. Mm, okay. And this is awarded for outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. Nominees are Elden Ring, God of War, 
Day. Horizon. Yeah. Immortality, which I've never heard of, so I'm gonna. Is this the sleeper game? Like this is like the uh, the It Takes Two, where it's like, what is It Takes Two? And then next, you know, it wins the game awards. I'm like, all right, do I need to get It Takes Two? (laughs) Which you did. (laughs) Yeah, and it ended up being one of the best games I played this year, if not the best game. But the problem was, it came out last year. (laughs) And the last nominee for best game direction, Stray. Oh, the kitty game. Kitty game. Kitty game getting some love. Yeah. Yeah. People shitting on PlayStation Plus Essentials, but then everybody got Stray, had a good time getting nominated. Yeah. (laughs) Already inspiring other cyberpunk cat games. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's another one where you're you're more of an anthropomorphic cat riding on a hoverboard. So as far as game direction, do you have a personal favorite? Um I mean, you played Elden Ring, obviously. I guess from a distance, you can give your opinion on maybe God of War. You played Horizon, and then I don't know anything about Immortality. Well, I mean, man, Horizon was just so interesting visually and technically. It was It's still by far the best-looking game anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is no better game. I mean, there's no game that looks better than Horizon does. But Elden Ring, with how they apply just that souls formula to an open world game mm-hmm. that it's it's breathtaking it's uh the only the only game of their of this like family of titles that i've beaten up to elden ring was sekiro and you know i almost beat demon souls can never really push past the halfway point in dark souls bloodborne i think i'm at the halfway point i need to go back to it but elden ring uh I put in the hours, over 200, like around 200 of them, and yeah, pushed that to a conclusion, beat Millennia, <laughs> did yes. did all the, the badge of honor things that you need to do in that game, and it was by far one of the greatest experiences I've ever had. AMC, you're already in it, you're going through it. I'm sure God of War Ragnarok is out of control because that's all I'm reading online with people saying that it, it's there's just nothing like it. That alone... It's something I think a lot of people underestimate the God of War is that even even ever since 2018, no developers have really tried to emulate that or copy it or create their digital love letter to it. So God of War, as it is these days, stands alone, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, that just thinking about that first one and that seamless storytelling experience and imagining imagining what they've done with the with this new one and just you know the reaction if it won i wouldn't be like oh what the fuck like elden ring or whatever like um i feel like they got to work easily win and if i hadn't played it i wouldn't have an issue with it at all because i could just see like just based on the reaction that there's something special there with that game yeah I mean, I, I'm leaning toward Horizon Forbidden West, but I'll take a look at Immortality and see what that's bringing to the table because that might be that sleeper hit that I just knew nothing about. But AMC, what category are you looking forward to? This one's interesting because some years I'm off this one, but this year I'm very on it because each of these games had its moment during the year, so I'm having their moment right now. But yeah, this one being best multiplayer. <laughs> So uh, this category is for outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, including right. co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game genre or platform. So number one, A-Dub, one of the best-selling games of the year so far, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. No surprise there. 
this one, this one had its moment, a game that somewhat caught people by surprise as far as how good it could be when there have been other games that tried to clone this genre of fighting experience. This game actually was able to do it in a respectable manner. That being a dub WB's multiverses. Um, another one on this list, the game that I've been putting a ton of hours into you and me that being overwatch Two a dub. Of course it better. It better be on that list. I'm going to be so excited if it wins because oh my gosh. the internet is going to melt down <laughs> but the battle pass uh, uh let's see uh another one um i heard good things about this but you know it kind of came out and it it stuck with its crew but that being splatoon 3 and then this last one on the list it definitely had its moment a lot of people talked about it a lot of anticipation for this game to come out uh, a throwback an oldie but a goodie in the modern day console generation that being Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. That purely on the fact of its co-op, I'm assuming, because yeah, everything I heard that game is um just quality. Like they they found a way to do beat 'em ups, but from a modern day perspective. And yeah, glad. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, so this list is pretty solid. Call of Duty, Multiverses, Overwatch 2, Splatoon 3, and Ninja Turtles. So fuck. <laughs> like uh, I mean. I almost feel like it's just whatever one you're into. Obviously, for me, I'm biased when it comes to Overwatch 2, but I could see any of these games winning, and I wouldn't be a, I wouldn't be mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what category? Do you, I mean, do you have? I mean, do you, would you would you fair to guess uh, which which one might take it away with this category? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Multiverses snatches the crown there. Because it was a game that nobody expected much from. It ended up landing with a big splash even before its original, it's even before its official release. And then once it came out, like people tried to hate on it, but that shit just wore thin and faded away. So, you know, people don't seem to be talking about it as much now. Ooh, the game really came and went. But no, nah, Multiverses is still there. People are enjoying themselves. Think, it's, uh... And it's a successful Smash clone which is extremely rare. I don't think, I don't even think we've had one of it. The closest one was Brawlhalla. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh multiverses just had season two come out or if it's coming soon. So, I mean, they, they still, they're still doing the damn thing, but you know, games have their moment and then they stop getting covered the same way they were at launch. And then because they're not being covered, people are like, Oh, nobody's playing that game, but clearly people yeah. still are. Well, the <laughs> thing is people are playing it. And yeah. they don't have time to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, of course, for me personally, it's Overwatch 2, hands down. That's that I I love where Overwatch 2 is now. And I'm just really in uh, I'm really enjoying it. I love where it is now. I love where I'm getting with it as I improve and learn more about the nuances of the different characters, learning the levels a bit more intimately and just performing better, sighting in. All these motherfuckers cutting them down. <laughs> Overwatch. I, I hope that's a game that's going to be around forever. Like it, whether that be either through sequels or just turning it into a platform in itself, where it's just Overwatch and it's constantly upgraded and iterated upon, supported by the microtransactions rather than you know retail sales. Like, turn it into a like Overwatch can easily be a GTA online kind of thing where it's it just exists and it keeps getting built up on. You can 
jump in in it when you want to jump on out play how you want play with who you want and do your thing man i was just thinking if they wanted to do like you know a spinoff um single player experience i know they got their you know their first person one coming but if they made a tactical turn base overwatch game <laughs> that would be absolutely amazing because all the that would be all, the dream right there yeah they all have their skill sets they all have their different ways of being used and you get a narrative in there but with those characters i mean that's a match made in heaven and i mean all the characters they already have their move sets they already have like their speeds and the different things that they can do so it i feel like it would be a very i don't want to say easy but it won't be as difficult of a transition as it is to make a game like that from scratch. Because I think you could really just plug all the characters in and just, you know, adapt all of their their stats and their attributes to a turn-based style experience, make levels that have verticality and hover in different places to hide. And Overwatch tactical turn-based, that would be earth-shattering. Yes. So, Activision Blizzard, you can have that one for free. Just remember, <laughs> just remember to put your boys A Dub and AMC Control Issues Pod in the credits, and make sure it comes out on PlayStation. Oh. Um, all right, what you got in the next category, A Dub? Next category, next, next category. You <laughs> know uh, where to go? I'm gonna go. I think this category is interesting. I'm gonna pull most anticipated game. Oh, a little, little preview for the for the trolleys. Exactly. So this award is recognizing an announced game that has demonstrably illustrated potential to push the gaming media forward. So this is more of a perspective look at what might be the game award contender, the game of the year award contender for next year. And, you know, I I specifically pulled this one because I know that we're going to have some input here. <laughs> so the nominees for most anticipated game are Final Fantasy 16, mm. Hogwarts Legacy, mm. Resident Evil 4, Starfield, mm. and The Legend of Zelda Tears of that Kingdom. Mm. I mean, I mean you got a couple of, you got a couple off of there, but I that's why our we got we'll, we'll go with what they gave us because I know we have our personal and there's yeah. a big game that's not on that list that we're yeah, like, you, you already see it. You already see it. <laughs> <laughs> the game that we talk about constantly that once that comes out, nothing else will matter. But that's all right. Uh -huh. That's all right. This is the list that we were given. So we'll work with this one. <laughs> I mean, there's there's some Vegas on there. So what do you what do you think it, Dub? You know, honestly, personally, I'd say Starfield, but yeah. we'll see how people feel about Bethesda games next year. <laughs> <laughs> but of this list, in all honesty, even with Zelda on there, I'm looking at Hogwarts Legacy. Speak on it. Speak on it. Just with what they've shown and how well done, fleshed out, detailed, nuanced, and alive yes. Hogwarts Legacy seems, especially with how well they created a magic-driven combat system. Mm, yeah, that's it. There's just, yeah, there's just a lot there that's original, that's fresh, and being a Harry Potter game done to this AAA level of quality, it's it really seems like they're going to nail the, the licensed game 
what you're supposed to do with license games, the license games that we deserve all the time instead of these these quick hit movie tie-in games that are just to sell a few extra bucks. Like this looks like an incredible celebration of the Harry Potter franchise and giving players all the tools and content necessary to both be, you know, reminded and and celebrated while also having their own story and being able to put themselves in that Harry Potter universe. So all these other games, like Final Fantasy 16, it it definitely is doing some great stuff. Uh, Resident Evil 4, we've been there, done that. It's, you know, it's a remake. It's going to look better. It's probably going to have some improvements with gameplay quality of life. Starfield, by all accounts, looks like a standard Bethesda RPG, but we'll see. You know, it gets the edge for being science fiction and having the expansive scope of over a thousand planets to explore while also having your main story, customizing your ship. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom, sequel to Breath of the Wild, one of the greatest games ever made. But again, that's not necessarily... That doesn't set, that doesn't set it apart. It's not really yeah. pushing things forward. It's just adding to what it's already done. Exactly. So Hogwarts Legacy, that's the thing that's the newest and most original and most refreshing on that list. So that's why I think it'll get the edge. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna attack this a little differently because usually so when we do trolleys, it's my personal or maybe control if if we both agree on it, it's the the consensus control issues and most anticipated game but i have my personal game and it's it's definitely not on there i know yours yeah, isn't on there it isn't on there <laughs> but so i'll attack it's this. it's number is on there yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um but yeah um just looking at it from a different perspective i'll look at it as yeah the most anticipated as far as like its impact on the year and yeah i would have to say give that nod to starfield in that this is like I mean, we had Halo Infinite, yada, 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 but I feel like this is the this is going to be the signature like Xbox game. This is going to be the platform seller if they if they get this right. Uh it's it's the game that when delayed, people were just like, fuck, because this was this was that was the game that was gonna make 2022 for a lot of people. Um and so yeah, I myself think, included. Yeah, and so I think this game, if it comes out and it does what I'm expecting, what you're expecting, it's gonna one bring bethesda to that place like it's, it's gonna remind folks like like y'all could not get enough of skyrim and somehow y'all forgot that like bethesda knows how to make video games since then and i think this is the game that's gonna gonna like you know gonna get get bethesda back in the mouths of a lot of people who've been talking a little dirty so yeah i think from that perspective that would be my most anticipated pretty much agree with you with everything else i know like zelda i know people are looking forward to that game but you know it's just it has a lot to live up to as far as breath of the wild because like as you're saying like it's it's one a lot of people's like greatest game of all times a lot of shit that comes out in games now it's immediately compared to breath of the wild like oh breath of the wild did this first or oh they're taking this mechanic that was in breath of the wild and now implementing it in, this into their open world and so certain things like there's just a lot that that was pulled from breath of the wild or at least was Breath of the Wild was given credit for doing very well. And so because of that, you know, you can only do so much. I feel like when you build off of that for a sequel. And so I think that this game could still review very well, but it's just not going to have that same impact as Breath of the Wild. Um, so yeah, I, I think with now that said, um, yeah, Starfield is the most. I mean, obviously there's a lot of games on here. This one, 
I'm not gonna say it's gonna be it's not my most anticipated, but it's just crazy that like yeah, like I would take Final Fantasy off of there for sure, and I'd put in like Atomic Hearts and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, and that's not even my most anticipated game. But yeah, there's there are there are so many games that it's almost like doesn't do the year justice as far as what we've been what has been announced and what we know is coming for 2023 like just those first four months alone i think wouldn't even make out this list um that's let alone like what we have coming in fall and mid-year so yeah next year is just going to be an absolute banger when it comes to game releases uh let's see um to keep it moving we're going to go with best role-playing game adub just because i like the lineup on this list uh no surprise here we have Elden Ring for best role playing. We also mm-hmm. have Live Alive, a game that I wanted to play really bad and hopefully we'll get to. We have Pokemon Legends Arceus, a game that's just been showing up on MPD selling well, people enjoying it. Triangle Strategy, another game that I wanted to get to this year. And then Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So yeah, um, I guess this one is interesting. I what I pose to you here is um, I don't know, Elden Ring definitely would be our favorites, probably, but you know, a game that was ported. Never released in the U.S., but it's a remake in in ways live alive. You have no issues with remakes making it onto the list, right? Like even though you know that it, it's come out in the past and it's just an updated version of that game. Honestly, I I do kind of have an issue with that. Okay, because it's it's such a layup that it if you're gonna give a remake an award, have a best remake category. But I, I don't think remakes should be included in other categories when you're talking about the year mm-hmm. because even like even if they improve or build upon it you're still taking something that already exists and it's you know it's it's like coming into the playoffs in a basketball game but with the points that you got from last season mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's, i don't know it's I'm, I'm worried about this kind of stuff i i can definitely hear arguments in either direction like i'm not standing on it as it shouldn't be this way but it's just my personal feeling however if if this is the way that things are done then that's the way things are done yeah like it'll be interesting to see like if people were to be like was it next year resident evil 4 <laughs> remake getting like game of the year mm-hmm. it's like well i mean unless they've done something like dramatically different with the game especially narratively like it's we're kind of playing resident evil 4 again <laughs> so yeah it'll be interesting to see like um where games like that fall on the list but let's keep it moving a dub what do you have in the next category well just giving the heart out and we still got a few more stories left let me just go right to the meat of it yes with that that game of the year that game yeah, for impact yeah. <laughs> uh games for impact looked interesting i hit you with that game of the year this is recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields nominees are a plague tale requiem this game that i i hear mentioned often i know like neither one of us played it but i hear a lot of people talk about a plague tale requiem yeah i added the first one to my library from ps plus thank you very much sony thank you jim ryan (laughs) (laughs) and i'm hearing nothing but good things about the sequel i've i've seen copious amount of clips for both games and visually it's on a whole different level i imagine if i play it 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 might either contend with or dethrone horizon as the best looking game but that remains to be seen so horizon still holds the crown next nominee elden ring mm, no surprise god, there. god of war ragnarok no surprise there horizon forbidden west 
Mm, that was a bunch, there. Maybe, a, maybe, a, maybe bunch of, a bunch of fake surprise and outrage. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Stray game of the year. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. nominated. Yeah, right. it might, might be the people's choice. <laughs> might be the people's choice. Last nominee, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah, it's a tight race. I wish Callisto Protocol was able to make it in because I feel it stands a better chance of competing this year than it does next year because there is just bangers next year. However, unfortunately, Callisto Protocol nor Midnight Suns will be able to make it in because they come out in December and Game Awards goes live like the week after they come out or something. But yeah, on this list, uh, the it's really a two-horse race from my perspective, and that's Elden Ring and God of War Ragnarok. Yeah. Haven't played God of War, so I really don't know what it's bringing to the table or how it goes above and beyond the 2018 experience, but I played an extensive amount of Elden Ring and it's going to take what if there is a game that will topple Elden Ring's just massive lead for this award, then that's a game that I think everyone should buy and experience, regardless of their their taste or preferences. Because like Elden Ring is one of the best things ever made. And if there's something better than that, then we're already off to an amazing trajectory for this generation. Yeah. Um yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, Elden Ring. Like, I guess the only thing I would say that would surprise that uh, I would say that would hurt Elden Ring is maybe the uh the fact that it came out so early in the year and God of War just came out. So maybe God of War is like, you know, more fresh. That recency bias. Yeah, that recency bias. Uh, but um, I mean, there's definitely no knocking. I mean, it's selling really well, it reviewed incredibly well. So I don't think you could really hate on God of War for winning if that were the case. But um, they will. Yeah, the I think this I think the surprise one that I think um, has a chance just based on who knows how where the judges are going, but a Plague's Tale Requiem just because I've heard people just just talk so glowingly of the game um, from not from a community standpoint, but more from you know just people who talk about video games like a Plague's Tale Requiem is a game that I've heard mentioned just a couple of times, and so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that one just ends up being like a sleeper win for Game of the Year, but. You know, yeah, for me personally, I feel like the favorite has to be Elden Ring. Um, just because so many people who have, you know, it's a game that was set up to have all those, you know, why, why are games hard for the sake of being hard articles, just to revisit that whole thing from Sekiro. And mm -hmm. it didn't happen with Elden Ring. In fact, it was a lot of it was positive um, that was coming out around the game around launch. And so, yeah, um, a lot of the trappings that you would see with uh a from software game i think elden ring was able to avoid that especially with its multiplayer and things on those lines that you know made it possibly more accessible for the people who would normally complain about the difficulty in these games and so yeah um all of that is working in elden ring's favor and then you know best-selling game of the year you know 10 out of 10 all that other stuff that comes along with it so there's just a lot going there that's in elden ring's favor and the only thing i would say that would possibly hurt is the fact that it just came out so early in the year but yeah, this is um, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting list, especially with the uh, Xenoblade on there because I haven't heard anybody talk about Xenoblade. But I guess at you know, all, yeah. But I guess the people who nominated <laughs> best games of the year, I guess they were loving Xenoblade. So maybe if anything, seeing it on there will get me to give it another look and be like, hey, maybe this is an RPG that I'll play down the line. And so mm -hmm. yeah, I'm I, I'm not upset at all. Stray also, I mean, I know Stray Stray. You could at least say it had its moment. I know it's kind of maybe a. a 
a dry a dry time as far as like games coming out and stray just happened to come out at the perfect time but it definitely had its moment people talked about stray when it came out it was also part of this you know people getting this ps plus upgrade and then so everybody getting access to it once again those subscription services you know help out games as much as you know some people might argue it, it hurts them and so yeah um in this case helping stray possibly to, to get nominated for multiple categories so no issue with this and wouldn't be surprised if it's elden ring that ends up taking game of the year yes let's get into the next topic of the week top, top, topic of the, of the week. week so it's it's actually it's actually two topics but i'll hit them quick because you got a little extra at the end uh first thing that needs to be noted. Uh, the Overwatch 2 midseason patch was delayed. However, <laughs> it was only by a day, and it's already out. And May is in the mix. Uh, some characters caught some nerfs. Specifically, I know uh, Genji and Zarya and D.Va. However, as I can tell you from personal experience, D.Va is still the queen. If you see me in that mech, I'm coming for you. Get your ass out of there. <laughs> get, get off the payload. I'm coming. Um, but the second story is that Blizzard has acknowledged Battle Pass problems and promises to do better. So some blurbs from a lengthy blog post that they made explaining what they're going to be doing to improve the Battle Pass for seasons to come. Uh, in season two, we changed up our rewards a bit so that each event has a skin you can earn by playing in addition to other cosmetic rewards we already offer. Uh, notably, the game's recent Halloween terror event rewarded little beyond voice lines, some titles, and experience points. I believe you had to there was a lot you needed to do in order to get the skins. And I think you have to like pay for shit. It, <laughs> basically the Halloween event came, I looked at the rewards and was like, Oh, there's no way I'm getting the things that I want. So fuck Halloween. <laughs> and I guess, I guess Blizzard listened. Uh, another blur says, we're also going to continue our Twitch drops program so that you can earn skins and in-game goodies by supporting your favorite creators. Uh, let me see for season three and beyond. We're looking at a mix of battle pass changes, more interesting challenges to pursue, and more exciting play-focused progression systems for you all to dig into. We'll be able to talk about some of these changes soon, but other changes may take more time to lock in. And last blurb, we aren't completely satisfied with how, with how everything feels right now. There's a lot we like about it. Knocking out a bunch of daily, weekly challenges or getting something new for a hero you love can feel great. But we also recognize that today's experience is opportunity for improvement that we need to focus on. AMC, how does this make you feel? Sounds good. It's, it seems like they're, they know what works and that's the game. And now they're tweaking. I like they, you know, they've heard the, uh, the reaction negatively to the battle pass and maybe they're trying to figure out a, a better reward system for the people who you know aren't willing to pay uh for a battle pass but that can you know keep them happy while also still rewarding those who want to you know support the game by you know throwing them a couple bucks every few months and so yeah um it seems like they're going to keep tweaking that and yeah because i mean that was the biggest thing like i enjoyed also i paid 60 dollars for overwatch one but um I enjoyed how they rolled out, like, you know, the new skins for different events and things along those lines. And having this one being free to play, I've accepted that, you know, the wards won't be the same. But yeah, if they want to, you know, figure out a way to, you know, make it, you know, a little more, um, 
a little more beneficial to the people who are going to be focusing on that free-to-play style and not necessarily getting every battle pass i will gladly accept that but as i mentioned um if they put out a new hero i'm probably going to support the battle pass um, most likely and so it's going to be those ones in between that would have they would have to do some you know some special stuff to really get my money there and so i'm sure they're tweaking all that while also improving the game so I'm, i'm glad that they're you know listening to the community while you know focusing on the things that they need to focus on and that just means that you know in a couple months it, the game is going to really like be in stride with where they want it to be and where the community wants it to be and yeah i mean overwatch launched in a certain way i know a lot of people said that it was very minimal at launch and then the game continued to evolve and over the years like it just got you know loaded with a ton of new content a lot of new heroes and things like that and so i feel like that's just going to be the same trajectory of overwatch 2 we're still within the launch window and so you know the game is just going to continue to you know evolve over time and so yeah i'm looking forward to see what blizzard has to offer for overwatch in the coming seasons well there are some people who don't enjoy anything blizzard has to offer <laughs> we got troll of the week, 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 week. Yes, week ass trolls. These trolls obviously coming sideways at Overwatch 2. I'm going to run through these pretty quick because we got the game, the AMC, where it's going. Uh, first troll says Overwatch 1.3 doesn't interest me much. When does the single player come? 1.3 it's just a title update uh next troll says tell us when you stop locking the characters behind a paywall this sequel is a complete joke i think i played uh, i got that because it's uh you got a trophy for it for playing like 100 matches and i think i got that within like a week or two <laughs> but no characters are locked behind a paywall yeah, yeah. So I don't that know too, what that's that, about. That too. Yeah. Like Kirigo's unlocked at level fifty-five. So, yeah. <laughs> but maybe they saw that first level of the battle pass. Like, oh, I gotta pay for it. Oh, <sighs> whatever. Next show says Activision has ruined, absolutely ruined this company. <laughs> the company like Blizzard is done. Also, no. yeah. Next show says, turns out when you treat your employees like absolute garbage. The games you make turn out bad. Shocking conclusion. <laughs> Nominated for multiple <laughs> categories. <laughs> Game of the year. 35 million players. Better experience than it's ever been. What the fuck is wrong with people? Next troll says, it's nice to see a corporation eat itself from greed. <laughs> if you by eat itself, it. you mean become more successful? <laughs> They also put out a free-to-play game. You didn't have yeah. to pay. You don't have to literally pay to play Overwatch. <laughs> you don't have to pay anything. <laughs> next troll says, in in response to your little comment, AMC, next troll says, people still play this. <laughs> 35 billion. Yeah. Shut your ass up. <laughs> next troll says, Blizzard became hot trash at some point. <laughs> you tell me what point that is and i'll tell you you're wrong last troll says in overwatch one they added heroes over time in overwatch two they steadily remove heroes as time goes on they should have called it overwatch negative one (laughs) that negative (laughs) fetch so they didn't remove anybody some of the characters had bugs and were problematic so they 
made them unavailable for a short period of time, worked them out, and put them back in. Yeah. What are you talking about? Stop you, belly bitches. <laughs> AMC, what you got for these trolls? Overwatch is on fire right now, y'all. I just showed up here. I mean, if you don't care about the game, you know, let's just go back to what we were saying with multiverses. The people who are playing it aren't talking about it because they're busy playing it. And everybody else who stumbled across this article and ha- decided to start shit posting, find something better to do with yourself. There's, mm. there's more there's more to the world than to shit post about Blizzard and Overwatch. To shit post, period. Yeah. <laughs> get, get, get some integrity in your life. <laughs> That's Chola Week. Chola Week. Chola Week. Chola Week. 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 Do you have any quick hits that you want to get to before we get out of here? Let me see. Uh, Streets of Rage is getting a movie adaptation from the creator of John Wick through Lionsgate. Yes. So that's pretty cool. Uh, let me see. It's Overwatch Game Awards. And the creators of Until Dawn in the Quarry are saying that their next game is going to be sci-fi horror. Damn. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I haven't dug too deep into Until Dawn, but the brief bit that I played, I'm liking a great deal. People have nothing but good things to say about Until Dawn. People have great things to say about the Quarry. And that's something that I'm now very interested in playing at some point. But going sci-fi horror, that's a day one. <laughs> I'm getting that. Don't care what it is. Don't care how it looks. It's to play a like, dude, not to play in like an alien themed game, but to play an alien movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want to do. That's what I'm about. It's just all the technology, all the information that's going to be lying around, whatever the setting is going to be, whatever the the creature or the the opposition is going to be, the the characters, the situations. Like, there's a lot that can be done there. So I'm looking forward to whatever this might be, and I'm going to be watching it closely. Uh, yes. Uh, my quick hit is that we have an update to an oldie but goodie, uh, a, a girlfriend games Hall of Famer. One that I believe you played with us, a dub. I just learned that Broforce is getting an update. Yes, uh, it's more called, bros. <laughs> yes, so it's called Broforce Forever. Uh, this game came out in 2014 in Indie Darling during that for, time. For a for yeah, Broforce Forever. The uh, it, it is so they put out a, cl- a trailer. You see the bros, you see some of them die, you see some of them pushing forward to fight Satan. And all we know that it's coming out in early 2023. So just stacking that year with more content. And they said new bros, new missions, new freedoms. So I am I am looking forward to that. Bro Forest was an all-time classic. And to know that they're putting out an update almost 10 years later, I can't wait to see what that has to entail. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. pumped for that. Um, Sounds exciting. Yes, sir. Uh, do you have anything else before we get out of here? I am tapped out, my friend. All right. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. That's good. <laughs> yeah. On the ones and twos. Yes. Uh, this is Control. Wait, hold on. Here, we are Control Thanks for playing. Sucker. Oh!